we think that demanding um, respect, demanding behavior, like if I tell you to do something, you better do it, period, that that helps a child learn how to control their impulses and emotions when in reality, they, they learn those skills better by seeing us as their parents model that to them. And from, from what I've seen, the parents who are expecting, they have all these really high expectations of their child, like they expect their child to always say yes and to obey immediately and to never lose their cool and to never have a hard day. And like, it's like, you're not going to show me an attitude. Absolutely not. You should know better by now. But yet the parent themselves is not controlling their own impulses and their own emotions. And they are not making decisions calmly, but they have the expectation of their child with an underdeveloped brain to do so. I'm Rachel. And I'm Marcela. And you're listening to the Parenting with Understanding podcast. We are parenting coaches who have helped millions of parents like you all over the world go from feeling isolated and hopeless, unable to break the cycle of permissive or punitive parenting, to feeling confident in parenthood and connected to their children's needs. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Marcella. I am excited to be back for yet another week. I really love doing these podcast episodes anyway. Yes. Yeah. I love to see you. I see that you're happy, that you're relaxed. So I'm very excited for this podcast episode because we are going to talk about older children. The title is Gentle Parenting Objections Part 3. Can really gentle parenting work for older children? What about when you start gentle parenting your older children now? I mean, when you've been doing traditional parenting for a while, for all their lives, and then you want to start doing gentle parenting, is that possible? Because I heard once somebody on TikTok saying that gentle parenting does not work for other children. And her, her explanation was that I kind of get it. Why you would not be stern with a two-year-old who doesn't understand yet but a nine-year-old who's able to fully understand what they're doing, I mean, they have to get it together. <laughs> so that was her little explanation for why she would not agree with gentle parenting. And that's what we're going to be talking about this on this episode. If you have a child, an older one, nine to 19 years old, and you are in this vicious cycle of you tell them to do something, they either ignore you or they talk back, and it feels like every single thing, chores, homework, anything is like pulling teeth with them. Dr. Ann Luis, she's our parenting coach for parents of twins and teens, has a new class this Friday to help you end your struggle with your twin or teen. This is a free class if you want to register and end the struggle, I encourage you to do so. It is free, nothing to lose. All you have to do is open the description of this podcast episode or go to my link in my bio at Input Club or our private Facebook group if you are one of our customers, HIC Cycle Breakers, and you will see the link to register there as well. How, what would it mean to you to end the struggle with your twin or teen? If your answer is yes, I would love to end the struggle and reconnect with them, restore my relationship. Then this class is going to be awesome and is, is right for you. Okay, so let's go right to the topic. 
What do you think about what I said? <laughs> this lady saying that gentle parenting shouldn't be for older kids because they just understand better. And if they're not doing what they're supposed to, it's because uh, they're choosing to be defined. They're choosing to just not follow instructions and you should be more stern with them. What do you think about that, Rachel? Oh, I have so many thoughts. The first thing really that comes to mind is that I, I don't think that a lot of parents know the developmental stages of children and how their brains develop and when they are, when they do fully develop the ability to control their impulses and emotions and to make decisions calmly. That we've talked about this in past episodes, but there may be a lot of new listeners that have never heard this before. But the prefrontal cortex is the part of the brain that controls these skills. It is responsible for the control of emotions, the control of impulses, and the ability to make decisions calmly, among many, many other things. But what is so interesting is that whenever a child is born, their amygdala or their, their emotional responses, that part of their brain is fully developed and fully capable of coming out in actions, right? So a child is going to communicate through body and emotion first, and then logic and reasoning comes way later. Yes. So when you are looking at a nine-year-old, okay, well, and let's back up a little bit because this, the prefrontal cortex, so they're, they're able to express emotion and to act easily. But the control of those emotions and the control of those actions, that skill doesn't even begin to develop until be, between the ages of four to six some scientists say seven years old, and then it isn't fully developed well into well into their 20s until they are in their mid-20s, we could say. And I've seen 40-year-olds who still have this undeveloped skill. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. You know, and really, honestly, if we're all honest as adults, we still struggle to control our emotions and impulses now, you know, even if we're beyond the age of 25, 26, 27 years old. So when you're looking at a nine-year-old, if you're comparing them to an infant, then you're thinking, you've got nine years of experience. You should be able to do this by now. But brain science and developmental stages tell us that this child, this is a fairly new skill to a nine-year-old. It's still for a 15-year-old. A fairly new skill and they you will see differences as the child matures you're gonna see those differences but what is also interesting to me is that we think that demanding um, respect demanding behavior like if I tell you to do something you better do it period that that helps a child learn how to control their impulses and emotions when in reality they, they learn those skills better by seeing us as their parents model that to them. Wow. And from, from what I've seen, the parents who are expecting, they have all these really high expectations of their child. Like they expect their child to always say yes and to obey immediately and to never lose their cool and to never have a hard day. And like, it's like, you're not going to show me an attitude. Absolutely not. You should know better by now. But yet the parent themselves is not controlling their own impulses and their own emotions, and they are not making decisions calmly, but they have the expectation of their child with an underdeveloped brain to do so. One thing that 
might be tricking us parents of older kids is how our older kids look. <laughs> because I raised teenagers for nine years. There was one that he, I mean, he, he looked like an adult. He was 16, but he looked like he was, like he was 30. Um, my niece, she's so tall. Like she's super tall, almost as tall as my husband. And she looks like, a, like an adult as well. And she's 14. And it's just because we see them big, we see them developed, we may think like, oh, okay, they're, they're for sure, they, they got it as an adult. And I said, because even myself, with my knowledge on child development, with all my, my years of experience and learning about children's uh, brain development and behaviors, I, I still got tricked. My niece, she came uh, to visit us and then she spent the night with us. She's th uh, 14 years old, how I said. The next day, it was time to go to take the twins to swimming lessons. And then I went to the room. She was already up. And then I said, okay, so uh, we are going to leave in 20 minutes. It seemed to me like if I was telling that to my husband. When I told my husband, we're going to leave in 20 minutes. And in 20 minutes, he's ready at the, in the garage. That, that was kind of my, my unrealistic expectation because she's 14. She's so, I mean, she looks like a little adult. I told her, so we're going to leave in 20 minutes. Again, my unrealistic expectation of like, yes, she understands the, the time. She can read time, but does she have time management skills? That's a different story, right? And according to science, teens that age struggle with time management because time management, that skill is controlled by the prefrontal cortex, which is the undeveloped area of the brain. Yeah. So the 20 minutes came around and I went to the room and she was not even being close to ready. She didn't even eat breakfast yet. Oh my gosh. And then I remember feeling a little kind of like, really? But I didn't tell her, but I remember thinking, wait a second, didn't I tell you 20 minutes ago that we were going to live in 20 minutes? How come you did not plan that you cannot eat breakfast last minute? You have to be ready. So all these things went in my head because, again, my expectation was she knows how to read time. And I forgot about what I learned that teens don't have the skill, like the, the, the time management skill is still very new because that's part of the brain that tells them, that helps them with time management is not developed. And then um, we got to swimming lessons late. It was a 20-minute class, and we came 10 minutes late. So it was a 10-minute class for the twins. And that made me, I felt a little even more frustrated when it was just 10 minutes of class. I didn't express none of that with her, you know, but I remember feeling that way. And then when I got in the car, I started thinking about weight. How old is she? Like, yes, she looks, she looks developed, <laughs> but how old is she? She's 14. Does she have time management skills? Me just telling her we're going to live in 20 minutes and not scaffolding her in any other kind of way, was that really a realistic expectation? Yeah. And that's so interesting to, like, when we really take a step back, I think that this is the problem in the way that most of us were raised. Because our parents, one, they weren't taught 
to take a step back. They were taught, you're the authority figure, you lay down the law. If your child doesn't behave, they're disrespectful. They're a bad child based on, they're bad or good, based on behavior alone. (laughs) So a lot of those old mindsets are still stuck inside our brain in the subconscious mind. And But now, because we do have the science that our parents did not have, and because we do have all of that really right at our fingertips, it's not even really all that hard to find if you know where to look, right? A quick Google search, and you can find an abundance of resources that will back this up to tell us how our children develop. But what I see is that you had a moment where your subconscious mindsets were kind of like, you know, and then you're like, hold on, wait, what have I learned? What does science tell me now? What does the science tell us now that our parents didn't have access? What, what information do we have access to now that our parents didn't? And how can I learn from that? And you shifted your expectation of her. And I assume too, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I assume that if you were her parent, you would then go back and maybe you still did even as her aunt, but if you, you could go back to her and say, okay, let's, I noticed whenever I gave you a 20 minute warning that it was still difficult whenever it was time. Like maybe, maybe we need to work together and figure out what steps do you want me to give you some steps? Would a timer help? What would, what would help you be ready by this time? Yeah. You know, how can we collaborate rather than you moving into a posture of control? Like if this were your child and you said, you weren't ready in 20 minutes, well, now you don't get the iPad tonight, or I'm taking away your video games and you're going to, you know, like you enforce a consequence. Well, that consequence is not going to provide your child with time management skills. So I, I love that you brought that up. And I, I think, you know, that begs the question then if, if parents are listening and they're like, okay, so how do we learn to develop the skills of our children? How do we, how do we shift those mindsets? How do we shift those expectations? Where do we start? Yeah. With older children, I think it's more about the narratives that we form in our head than what the actual thing that happened. You know, it's more about the narrative of, I told her she's going to need to be ready in 20 minutes. She didn't get ready in 20 minutes. And then all the little narratives in her head, oh, she she's disrespecting me. She doesn't think this is important or like she's just trying to be defiant. Another narrative that I could have formed in my head could be like, she's lazy or she's just because she prefers to talk to her friends because that's what she did the, the 20 minutes she was talking to her friend she just prefers to talk to her friends on the phone and she prefers that than be, being with her cousins or all these little narratives that we form in our head to try to explain age-appropriate behaviors and that usually happens when we don't understand the real reason of that age-appropriate behavior and now that you say that you mentioned like what would you have done if you would have been the parent you know I think in the heat of the moment I think I would have escalated the situation maybe because I fully control myself because I knew she's she's not my child (laughs) she's my sister-in-law's child and she's just going to be here for for a day but what about if 
I really knew like, okay, she's my child. I need to correct this behavior. Maybe it would have been from like, wait a second. Didn't you know that you had 20 minutes and then it would have escalated things. And we would have gotten to the swimming lesson with a lemon face, everybody. And then that would have escalated the twins as well. <laughs> it would have been a mess. <laughs> I don't know if I would have actually done all that, but a lot of parents go that route. Now you might be asking yourself, Marcela, okay, I've lived that same situation all the time that I tell my older kid to do something and it's 20 minutes and they still not do it. You already said that what not to do, but please, action steps, tell me what to do. How do you handle that as a gentle parent, okay? So the first thing, first things first, we cannot go in to fix anything on our outside world if our inner narrative and feelings are off, right? If we go in to talk to them thinking they're just doing it because they're lazy, because they want to have me be late for, for swimming lessons, all those things, none of the things that you say are going to work because they're going to be expressed from an dysregulated nervous system from a place of contempt and not connection. And 95% of communication is nonverbal and your older children are going to pick up on that before they pick up on the words that you're saying. So that's the very first thing that I would do. And I think that was the first thing that, that I did after like I went through my feelings and all this stuff. I got to swimming lessons late, but then oh, just... Breathe for a moment, acknowledge how you're feeling and think, okay, are all these feelings coming from, from what? What, what? What is it, the thing, what is the narrative that I'm telling myself? That he's doing it on purpose? Like, is he? Is this an age-appropriate behavior? And then once you check all those boxes and then you feel connected and regulated, and you know what? When it comes to older children, you have more space to do that. Than with Leo kids, because with Leo kids, you almost have no time to regulate your nervous system because they're about to, to hurt themselves or others. With older kids, most of the time they're safe. You just feel uncomfortable with their back talk. You just feel uncomfortable with them ignoring your instructions. So most of the time, you can, with an older child, take that extra two, three minutes for yourself and ground yourself, reconnect yourself back to your breathing to your inner safety and then once that happens go back to them and you can still apply the five-step process of the considerate conversation formula with your older child yeah rachel walks you through how to do that with older kids in her book yeah and i i wanted something that was going to help for all of those years you know no matter if the child was 10 months old, which is when I started gentle parenting with Peyton, or if they were 20 years old, I wanted something that was simple and that would work in all of those stages. And I believe that I created that. I'm confident that I created something that absolutely does work for all of those stages. And in fact, I have several um, teen parents of teens that have purchased the considerate and swear by it and have seen amazing turnarounds in a quick a quick period of time as well so now what about Marcela Marcela please help me but 
then I try to talk to them and then they shut me down. They shut me down. They shout me out. They slam the door like they're already up here as well. The same process that you did with yourself, they need to go through the same process as well. It's like when you are really upset and you try to have a logical conversation with your spouse, it cannot happen. So we cannot expect our children to go through the same process again. And you know what? The beautiful thing again with older kids is that you can wait. You can wait longer. Yes, for example, in my niece's situation, what I would have done is, yes, how Rachel said, I would have came home and I would have processed with her, okay, tomorrow we have to go to swimming lessons again because the twins were going every day during the week. What can we do so in 20 minutes you are dressed, you already ate your breakfast, and you're in the car. What can we do? How can I support you? And how can you support yourself? And with older kids, they will give you ideas. Yeah. They will give you ideas. If you present it as, I'm curious, I want to help you, let's work this out together, and not as, you need to be ready in 20 <laughs> minutes. If you're not ready in 20 minutes tomorrow, then this is going to happen to you. Because then again, the back talk is going to come back uh, and the defiance is going to come back and the root statements are going to come back and the slamming doors is going to come back. Even if you came in like, okay, we had a problem today with you. You weren't ready in 20 minutes. What are you going to do differently tomorrow? That still sounds very controlling and demanding and authoritarian versus coming to them from a place of compassion and understanding and reminding yourself, this is not personal, it's developmental. This is not personal, it's developmental. You know, going back to like the story in our heads, usually it's because we're taking it personally. If we just shift out and say, this is developmental. How can I help my team to navigate their world from their developmental stage while also teaching them? Like, I want them to feel seen. I want them to feel valued. I want them to feel understood. So if you approach that, if you approach that team from the same perspective that you would want to be approached as a person and even as an adult, you wouldn't want your spouse saying, you didn't do the dishes today. What are you going to do differently tomorrow to make sure that like, my husband said that he'd get some like, you know, claws coming out. But if he came home and said, he'd have to be really careful to learn things for me. Like in a way that didn't feel judgmental, you know, but like, hey, it seemed like today you might might have had a stressful day and that the house felt overwhelming. How can I support you? How can I help you? What can we do together? How can we navigate this together? It would immediately soften me in my stress and help me feel seen, valued, and understood. And I just wonder what that would look like if we took more of that attitude into our parenting. How would the atmosphere of our home shift? Now, you might say, Marcela, I have, like, I understood that scenario. But my scenario is completely different. It's about the line. It's about they're sneaking out food in their bed to their bedroom. It's about a different thing. Help me with this. If you are in this position, register for Dr. and Luis's Lockhart's 
class because she's going to have a Q&A session, live Q&A. By the way, she's a pediatric psychologist of tweens and teens, and she has many years of experience, not just working with parents, but working with teens and tweens directly. And she has tweens. <laughs> she has a 12-year-old and, and a 9-year-old, I think. I know one of them is 12 years old, so she knows the struggle. <laughs> she knows. She's been there. She's, she's in it. And she's going to walk you through many different scenarios. And again, the Q&A session will help you. So again, to register, open the description and register. All you have to do is give us your best email so we can send you the Zoom link. If you enjoy this podcast episode, don't forget to leave us a review because that will help the algorithm get this, the Parenting with Understanding podcast, to more parents. And if you are a customer of HIC Parenting, meaning you have any of our resources at all, you can join the HIC Cycle Breaker community on Facebook. It is an amazing, amazing group of parents. We've got about a thousand members over there right now, but there are over 10,000 customers in the HIC Parenting database. So if you are a customer of ours at all, please consider joining the Facebook group. There's so many amazing resources and community, other parents who are right in the thick of it with you. And remember, it only takes understanding to break your cycle. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.